Thank you for joining us today. Today is Wednesday, August 24th, 2022. I'm your host, Pastor Joe Nauman, joined today by Pastor Neil Radical. This morning, I'd like to begin with a brief devotional thought based on Psalm 94, Pastor Radical sharing with us. Psalm 94 reminds us that God is our refuge. You may be thinking of Psalm 46. There's a lot of similar concepts in the Psalms themselves that mostly was written by David. But again, in Psalm 94, we can see the refuge isn't necessarily from a storm or from a battle, but more from the wicked. And so we can understand and relate to that of how the wicked world around us really tempts us, whether they're intentionally doing that or not. A lot of times they might have friends or relatives who intentionally tempt us. This idea of the, the refuge for the righteous is in the word of the Lord, the love of the Lord and his word above all things. And so when you look through this psalm, we're looking at specifically verses 12 through 14. And it's interesting, the verse right before this, the Lord knows the thoughts of man that they are futile, futile, depending on how you want to pronounce that. Ecclesiastes talks about that vanity of mankind, always seeking after the, the next thing in this life, knowing that all those things are going to really be taken away. I think Pastor Nauman and I talked about that recently the other day, just about how we can save things up, but eventually they're going to go someone else as well. So verses 12 through 14 say, Blessed is the man whom you instruct, O Lord, and teach out of your law, that you may give him rest from the days of adversity until the pit is dug for the wicked. For the Lord will not cast off his people, nor will he forsake his inheritance. So I guess one of the questions I have for you, Pastor, with this is, with verse verse 13, it says that he will give us rest until the pit is dug for the wicked. Now how do we reconcile that when we are to pray for our enemies. It's kind of throwing you on the spot there. Well, I think what the psalm is speaking to is is the education of God's people. Um, Blessed is the man whom you instruct, O Lord. It's cause so, so how do we have rest in the days of adversity? It's not as if uh, what God is promising us here is that we're going. everything is going to be peaceful, everything is going to be easy. But what is true Christian rest? And there you see that word Sabbath, right? The yeah. Sabbath day, the day... That, way, that word in the Hebrew means rest. The Sabbath day is when that seventh day of the week that God set aside for his people to say, this is, this is the day that you're going to have rest. So how does God give us rest in the days of adversity? It's not as if, it's not as if uh, we're just going to lay down and take a nap for the winter like a hibernating bear or something like that. But true rest, true peace comes through Jesus Christ. Um, Jesus is the fulfillment of the Old Testament Sabbath. So we don't have this seventh day of the week that we set aside and do no work on any any longer. Rather, as we recognize Jesus as our true rest, um, uh, we, we uh, now anytime that we meditate on God's word, anytime we study uh, the work of Christ, or anytime we, we uh, uh, join together in worship, what we're doing is we're allowing Jesus and our Father through, as it says, the man whom you instruct, you teach out of your law, we're allowing God through the Holy Spirit to work through the Word, to work that inner peace and rest inside of us. So I think what Jesus said in Matthew 11, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Um, he gives us rest for our soul. So we are living in a time of adversity. We are living in a time of challenges for Christians and uh, standing up for what we believe to be the truth, whether it be uh, young earth creation, whether it be the fact that uh, God gives us uh, moral laws that tells us what is right and what is wrong um, when we live in a world that calls what is right wrong and wrong right. Um, standing up for those things uh, can be challenging, um, but we still have that rest. We still have that peace because we know Christ. Uh, and so because of that, now we can uh, now we can be sure that we will 
uh, and confident that we'll have that rest until, what does it say, the pit is dug for the wicked. And so you, getting back to your question, how do we reconcile this with praying for enemies? Uh, we still do pray for enemies. We still do pray that God would use his word to bring their hearts to Christ. But when that day is, when the, the pit is dug for the wicked, that's the day there is no more time for, there's no more time for repentance. There's no more time for the, the Lord to work anymore. And he, you know, he tells us that uh, this is our, we live in our time of grace and the wicked have their time of grace as well. And we pray that the Lord would use his word to convert their hearts to him. But uh, there is a time limit to that. And when that time runs out, uh, that pit is there for those who reject Jesus and reject his forgiveness. Yeah, I like that response. And I, You know, you think of the, someone digging a grave, it's because someone's already passed. That whole point is that past the judgment of the Lord. And I think verse 14 is super encouraging, too, that he won't cast us off. He won't cast off his people. He won't forsake us. I like that it says in verse 14, nor will he forsake his inheritance. So he makes a promise of eternal life with him forever in heaven. He's not going to go back on that. He's going to keep that promise. He's not going to forsake that. And that's why that first part of verse 12 is so important. We're blessed. We're blessed whom the Lord instructs and teaches us these things and reminds us of the rest that we have, like you mentioned, and that he's going to continue to be with us and never forsake his covenant, never forsake his promise. And that's what we have in our Savior. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you for the rest you give to us every time we read your word, every time we gather in your house on the Sabbath, as we give thanks for this rest you provide for our soul in this very wicked world. Help us to continue to light the dark and remember that you are the light of this world. Continue to shine brightly in our hearts and all that we say and do with that mercy, with that forgiveness, with that love, even for our enemies, just as you have loved us who were once your enemies. Lord Jesus, bless our day today. In your saving name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, some reminders and updates for you today. Uh, this, uh, this evening, our online midweek Bible class uh, continues. Last week we did not get very far, but we had some good discussion and good study on 1 John uh, chapter 2. So I think we're on around, around verse 8 or something like Sweet. that. So I uh, hope you can join us for that uh, ongoing good discussion and study of God's Word. Um, this last week we uh, had Name Take Sunday at church, and I, there was a lot of wonderful participation. We had a whole bunch of guests and visitors um, this last weekend, so uh, thank everybody for participating with that and for uh, uh, welcoming our guests and, and showing them the loving, uh, caring attitude that Christ expects from his people uh, here at Emmanuel. And we also had that fellowship hour. I was told it was like 75, 80 people attended that downstairs. Nice. And, um, most of my zucchini, frosted zucchini bars were eaten, so I was only a little <laughs> bit offended that they weren't all gone. But uh, thank you to everyone who tried them. I would have finished them. Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> uh, want to highlight for you all, I'm going to put a link in the description of the podcast here, but you can also just go to our Facebook uh, site for Emmanuel Mankato uh, Church. Um, Addie Miller was our uh, photographer for VBS this year, and she put together a really awesome slideshow uh, of the VBS, uh, about five minutes long. Uh, really need to see many of the young kids and the, the especially the young volunteers we had working with the young kids. Um, really cool slideshow. I'd like to uh, hope everybody has takes a minute to go watch that and uh, share that with uh, with those who uh, may not see it uh, normally on Facebook there because it really shows one of the most important aspects of our ministry, which is teaching God's children about who He is and what He did for them. So, really a neat neat slideshow. Hope you can check that out. Um, the Tuck Pointing Project is something that's been going on around here for quite some time, but it is wrapping up. Uh, sounds like it's uh, going to hopefully finish off this week. Um, and uh, if you have a chance, go look around at the different uh, sides of the church. You can see there's quite a bit of improvement that was done 
in quite a few different areas. The the chimney above the church also was stuccoed. Um, you kind of got to step back to be able to see that, but it looks uh, quite a bit better than it was. Quite a few bricks had fallen off of that, and uh, so they really improved the look of our church quite a bit. Can you explain what tuck pointing is for those of you who don't know? Yep, tuck pointing is removing the, the mortar between the bricks that's all worn down and worn out uh, and is falling apart and cracking, and it's redoing all that that uh, the mortar that holds the bricks and the stones together. So, um, and, and then also fixing any of the bricks that may have fallen down or broken over the, the years too. So uh, really a big project, but uh, really neat to see it all kind of come together and our church looks, looks quite beautiful. Um, Pastor Radical, uh, this last week we read the letter in church, returned as Linwood Call. You want to kind of just talk us through uh, yeah. what that kind of means? I appreciate you reading that for me. Um, yeah, just because I was out of town. But I, yeah, no, it means that uh, obviously sticking around and that Linwood will need to call again. And a couple of challenging things with that call is that there's discussion going on with the Tacoma congregation out there too, if there's going to eventually be a shared pastor. So, um, definitely a lot of need out there in that area. There's no there's no current pastor on that west coast of Washington right now. So, um, and definitely a very a liberal area of our country. So, a conservative group of believers definitely need a shepherd out there. Uh, the school is still hanging on at Linwood. So we pray that the Lord will continue to bless that and the teacher there and continue to uh, bless them and all that they do. Yeah. So prayers for the Linwood congregation out there at uh, for sure. Uh, coming up this Saturday, the women's virtual retreat is uh, happening down in the church basement. Uh, uh, Mrs. Leon, our church secretary, has been organizing a potluck for that, so hoping uh, that we get a good turnout. We just saw an email on Clergy Talk today. I guess uh, uh, Pastor Eichstead uh, out in Spokane, who's organizing it, said there's been a, a, a huge response. It sounds like it's going to be a huge number of, of women uh, all over the nation who are going to be joining in and gathering awesome. there. So. Uh, there will be a link, I believe, in our Emmanuel memo coming out today. You'll be able to click on, uh, if you're not able to join the potluck here, you'll be able to uh, join from home too. Um, Bible class Sunday school uh, schedule. So we're in our summer schedule right now with no Bible class for Sunday school. That'll continue through Labor Day weekend and then the weekend after that, September 11th. We're planning on starting Bible class Sunday school. Um, for Bible class, we got a book, a bunch of... Uh, a little, they're called uh, journaling Bibles. So it's just that we're going to study the book of Romans. And one side of the paper has the text and the other side of the paper is just a bunch of lines. And our plan is to kind of do like a Bible study study. So it's like, how do you study the Bible? How do you take notes? What kind of questions do you ask as you look through the text? Which words do you highlight and which word, you know, what, what, what do all these things mean? So really just kind of diving into the God's word and the Romans is a very, a very doctrinal book uh, in Holy Scripture. And so I think it'll be a good Good study for us, and then it'll be something you can keep and take home and use and reference later too. So I'm looking forward to that. Should we, be pretty good. We think we'll be able to get it done in this season. <laughs> we'll, we'll see how it goes. Yes, we will. R Romans is a long book. Uh, it's the longest of Paul's epistles. So, but we'll yeah. see how it goes. Um, as far as our oh, last thing I want to highlight for you, the Man Up Retreat uh, is coming up in September. But I believe there's a a and a date. Uh, there's a deadline coming up at the end of August or something like that. August 31st, um, and if you sign up for that. Week from today. Yeah. Uh, $75 for, basically, if you want to go Thursday through Sunday, uh, that includes the lodging and all the meals, so pretty cheap as far as that's concerned. And then if it's after the 31st, obviously it's for planning purposes, it doubles to 150 so that's the incentive to sign up early. If you can't make it even after you sign up, it's worth signing up. But um, 
so yeah, the sooner you can sign up, the better. Definitely, if you've never gone, it's worth trying out at least once. It might not be something that you enjoy, but basically it's a, a relaxing time. We spend a lot of time in the Word and activities, and it's, it's, I always enjoy it. Sounds good. Uh, as far as our prayer list this year, uh, we had a, or this week, we had a uh, pretty extensive prayer list last week, but most of it was people all going home from the hospital, so we're very thankful for that. Sounds like uh, uh, a lot of people are recovering, doing uh, quite a bit better. Uh, we keep Val Landon in our prayers. She had a hand surgery last week. So if you remember, a couple weeks ago, she had hip surgery. Uh, she fell and broke her hip, had surgery done there. Now last week, she had a hand surgery done. So uh, we're keeping Val in our prayers. The Lord would uh, give her health and healing. Uh, we keep Bev Menton in our prayers as she's still down at Pasto and recovering from her hip surgery as well. Uh, we keep Carrie Dale, uh, Hillary's sister, in our prayers. Um, it sounds like there's been some developments with that. I mean, they, they diagnosed her as terminal, but... There's been some different changes and different thoughts, and we'll, we'll see how the Lord uh, continues to bless her. But uh, uh, we certainly keep her in our prayers that the Lord give her peace during this uh, trying time in her life, for sure. And then finally, uh, keeping our school in our prayers. Uh, the first week of school is going pretty smoothly. Uh, we got the new lunch lunch lady going, and uh, kids are getting used to the new classrooms and all that stuff. Things are going very well so far. So thank the Lord for that, and pray the Lord to continue to bless our school in the coming year as well. Uh, which brings us to our uh, Wisdom of Solomon's Proverbs section. We're on Sol Proverbs chapter 4 uh, today. I wanted to read the first seven verses of chapter 4 and kind of kind of meditate on these today. Uh, here Solomon writes, Hear, my children, the instruction of a father, and give attention to, to no understanding. For I give you good doctrine. Do not forsake my law. When I was my father's son, tender and the only one in my sight of my mother, he also taught me and said to me, Let your heart retain my words. Keep my commands and live. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her and she will preserve you. Love her and she will keep you. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore get wisdom and in all you're getting, get understanding. So it's kind of, Solomon, he almost speaks generationally here. So he's, Solomon's saying, Listen, my children, listen to the, listen you who I'm speaking to, and then I'm going to tell you what my dad told me, kind of. You know, I find myself doing that with my kids sometimes, where I say something like, you know, my dad always used to say, or, uh, you know, and fill in the blank, you know, a little sage advice or a little wisdom. Um, I think you, that happens all the time, doesn't it? And, and as we, as we uh, raise our children, you know, maybe you thought to yourself, well, my parents did this, and I'm never going to do that, and then you find yourself doing exactly that, yeah. Um, but when it comes to God's word, when it comes to understanding and wisdom from God's word, that is something that should be passed on generationally. You know, um, uh, I hear once in a while from, uh, from people uh, an argument when it comes to raising up their children in the faith. They'll say something, well, I want, I want my kids to make their own decisions, or I want them to decide for themselves if they want to be a Christian or if they want church to be a part of their lives. And, uh, uh, well, I'll ask you, Pastor, how would you respond to somebody if they told, made an argument like that to you? I just want my kids to decide for themselves uh, if, if they want to be involved in church or if they want to be Christian. Well, I think what's interesting is you talk about what age group that is. And most of the time when I've heard people say that, it's like grade school age or younger. And I, I always think, what, where else do you do that with them in their life? I'm going to let my kids decide when they go to the doctor or if they need to go to the doctor. I'm going to let my kids decide what they're going to eat or what they're going to wear mm -hmm. or when they're going to go to bed at night. You don't do that anything else in their life. Why would you do that in the most important part of their life? Yeah. The Word of God. So um, that's usually my response is that that's the silliest thing 
to not do that for them is to tell them, well, believe whatever you want or figure it out yourself. Um, that's not what the Lord God would want us to do. And I think that's, I mean, that's part of even being a Christian is you've seen how much God has done for you. You understand, according to God's word, that you are a sinner. You understand how you've fallen short. You understand that God has forgiven you through Christ Jesus. And because of that, you can't help but now go and share this news with others. And when if we can apply that to my neighbor, how much more shouldn't I be applying that to my own children? You know, that, that communicating to them uh, who God is and what he's done for us. And this is, you know, this is exactly what Solomon is talking talking about here. He taught me, he said to me, let um, your heart retain my words, keep my commands and live, get wisdom, get understanding. And that only comes as we've talked about. As we spoke about in our beginning of the study of Proverbs from Proverbs chapter one, where it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And so knowledge comes from God. It's what he has done for us. And now it's something, again, we generationally passes down. So David taught it to his son Solomon. Solomon taught it to his son. And when he says, hear my children, he's really speaking to all of us that we should all continue to grow in the, the good doctrine uh, that God has laid out for us in his word. Yeah, I like the good doctrine thing. I really zeroed in on that too when you're reading that for us because... You think of uh, what Paul writes to Timothy, the confessing the good confession, the presence of many witnesses. That always reminds me of my own confirmation or what we do. But that idea of the good doctrine is that there's a healthy doctrine and there's an unhealthy doctrine. We want to cling to what is good and what is right in God's eyes and not in our own eyes. Of course, that would flow right back into the gospel and to everything that our Lord Jesus commanded us for our good. Yeah, I like how up front Solomon, get wisdom. Get understanding, he says. Do not forget or turn away from the words of my mouth. Uh, and, and, you know, wisdom as this, wisdom, verse 7, wisdom is the principal thing. You know, and it's not worldly wisdom. It's not, you know, uh, experience that comes from sinful living. It's wisdom from God's word. That's what's most important. And uh, it says, in all you're getting, get understanding. So no matter what you get, what's most important, understanding and wisdom in God's word. And, you know, again, this is something we've really been working on emphasizing as, a, as leadership here at Emmanuel is, staying and getting into God's Word. We've been reading the Bible in 2022. Um, our hope is in the next year to, to continue to push not just uh, uh, individuals reading the Bible, but families reading the Bible. That really is kind of going to be our point of emphasis, I think, in 2023 is family devotions and family time with God's Word. Because And that's what, what Solomon's promoting here, is fathers teaching their children um, about God's Word and growing in the grace and knowledge of their Lord Jesus Christ. Because as the family goes, so goes the nation, you've heard. But, you know, as the family goes, so goes uh, the church as well. Um, and we need to, as families, focus on God's word uh, in order to continue to uh, uh, grow in that grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Isn't wisdom applied knowledge? So if the Lord has given us his knowledge, you just think about Jesus saying, we're wise when we build on that rock. So like you were saying, our families need to build our homes, our families on the rock of Christ's word. And that's what will make us wise for salvation. Yeah. And, you know, family, you know, uh, there are times where the devil would love to tempt us to make speaking about church awkward or talking about Jesus awkward. But this needs to be something that's on our hearts and on our tongues. And we're using all the time in our families and in our lives as fathers, as mothers, as children, because you know, as we keep Jesus at the center of our life and as we keep the knowledge and wisdom that God blesses with in his word at the center of our life, the devil can't, the devil has to flee. You know, the devil, as we grow nearer to God, the devil flees from us. And uh, so we, we keep Christ at the center of all that we say and do and speak. Um, and we do that by saying in his word. Um, and that, that's 
why this is such an important point of emphasis. If the father and the mother think speaking of Jesus is an awkward thing and they don't do so in their home or they don't lead prayers on a regular basis, that's how the children are going to be raised and it's going to be the same. It's going to be exponentially worse the next generation on and for the children and the grandchildren and great-grandchildren, um, it's going to be Christ is something we talk about at church and the rest of the week we don't bother with it. Um, that's not the attitude that, that Solomon and that the Holy Spirit is calling us to here. Uh, which brings us to our hymn of the day today. Uh, we'll be uh, hymn 404 in the Red Hymnal. Soul, what return is God thy Savior for all he gives thee day by day? Oh, hast thou in the gift a favor that can delight and please him? Say, the best of offerings he requires, thy heart is it is that he desires. Give unto God thy heart's affection. Who else can claim thee as his own? Should Satan hold thee in subjection? With him but pangs of hell are known. To thee alone, O Lord divine, my heart and all I now resign. Accept the gift which thou requirest, my heart and soul, O gracious God, the firstfruits thou so much desirest, for which thy Son paid with his blood. To thee I willingly assign my heart, dear Lord, for it is thine. Whom should I give my heart's affection but thee who givest thine to faith? Thy fervent love is my protection. Lord, thou hast loved me unto death. My heart with thine shall ever be, one heart throughout eternity. Amen.